Welcome back to Draft Vice. I am Walter. It is time. Free agency is kind of here. We're into the tampering period, folks. Yes, we can tamper. Legal tampering. People always make the joke about what it is legal tampering. How could it be legal if it's tampering? Anyway, this is the time where deals get negotiated between agents and teams for players not on them teams. Uh, this is kind of a nice little time for players to get to figure out their market before the league year starts because maybe they would sign an extension with their current team. I, I get why t I, I get what legal tampering is. There's a theory behind this, folks, and we're going to jump right into all the players that have already agreed to deals in the legal tampering period. But I, just for a quick second, I think this is a good thing. Um, it allows teams to figure out what the market is for the players and the players to figure out their markets. Players who are maybe on the fringe of the roster and maybe are about to hit free agency. And then, again, teams that are maybe looking at their own guys and saying, well, do we have to cut somebody? Are we going to get somebody new? I This is kind of like that weird quasi-phase two days before like actually things have to get set. So it allows for things to kind of move smoothly, if you will. Um, but tampering goes on all the time, right? Because they're already talking to the agents. They're sitting there talking on the phone, talking about one player that might be a client of a particular agent. And then it might come up in passing in a conversation like, oh, so what do you think the market is for this kind of a player? Not saying I'm looking for him, but say you were going to go ahead and sign a contract with maybe a quarterback or a pass rusher. What do you think their market is in this economy, right? So... Let's talk about it. Let's talk about some players that have been signed in this economy or will be signing in this economy. Remember, none of this stuff is official. We've had, I think it's at least once a year, there is always some player that, that they agree to something uh, as far as contract-wise in this stage of free agency, and it never goes through. Uh, last year, it was Michael Brockers with the Ravens. Then he ended up going back to the L.A. Rams. A couple years ago, it was uh, I think it was... Um, Oh, the linebacker on the Vikings had agreed to go to the Jets. Uh, he ended up not going. He ended up going back to the Vikings because he said it made, made him feel sick to, to go to the Jets. And he, he would actually – uh, Barr, Anthony Barr. And then the years prior to that, there have been other players that have uh, kind of reneged on their deals and said, you know what, I want to go. Or, again, teams – because, again, most of these uh, contracts, even when they are agreed to, are still pending a physical – We'll go ahead and negate the, the 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 contract and say, listen, we we don't we don't think that that knee is healthy enough. We we've seen this before with a couple of other actual. Uh, I, th I think it was two years ago. Was it McCoy? It might have been Gerald McCoy last year who had an, a, a a knee or a, an Achilles. Um. Uh, yeah, I think it was Gerald McCoy when he was uh, with the the Cowboys. So they they were able to they they actually had written something into the contract regarding. Hey, like you know, if your your, your knee gives out, we are a notice of precautionary injury. You're only guaranteed up to a certain amount. So, uh, all this is kind of like we're hearing all the big flashy numbers. The the contracts really have only kind of been sort of hammered out, and there's always some kind of things that come up later on. Let's get into brass tacks, right? Uh, a bunch of teams have signed people or have tendered players. Let's talk about it. First off, I'm, I'm going to try and stick to alphabetical orders because it's easier, uh, but I will jump around because this is the way things go. Uh, right off the top, 
Arizona Cardinals. They re-signed Marcus Golden. We're not going to talk much about the Arizona Cardinals because Marcus Golden was their own player, bring back on a two-year, $9 million contract. He was actually really good for them last year. Uh, it's good to get him back. You know, He'll be part of the rotation with Chandler Jones and J.J. Uh, Watt. They're probably not re-signing Hassan Reddick. He's probably walking in free agency. They also... Uh, Gave a second round tender to Dennis Gardeck, who had a couple of, who's had, a, who's been more of a rotational player for them. He was a restricted free agent. They're going to bring him back, see if maybe he's developed a little bit more. This sounds like a, what they were kind of looking to do. He's more of a depth player. And then they re signed Robert Alford, who they released uh, a couple weeks ago. He's not really been healthy. He's into his 30s. But, uh, you know, he was, I think it would have cost him $7.5 million to keep him on the old deal. Now they bring him back. I don't know what the new deal technically is. But they bring back Robert Alford. Apparently wants to stay in Arizona, hang out with J.J. and the crew. Uh, next, we'll talk Broncos. They re-signed Shelby Harris, three-year, $27 million deal, $9 million APY, APY, annually, uh, average per year. Yes, um, I don't know why I thought it was annual. Uh, year means annual. But, yes, they re-signed Shelby Harris. Big deal, great player for them. This was a guy who I, I came back, wanted to play for Denver, likes Denver, likes playing for Denver, uh, probably had some offers last year in free agency and took a, a, a one-year uh, kind of lesser-than deal to come back because I do think he actually likes playing for Denver. It's been more of a rotational guy, but when he plays, man, the amount when he's on the field, he's great. Knockdowns, batted passes, he's a solid pass rusher. Uh, again, a very important part of their defense, very good uh, retaining that player. Someone who will not be retained is Kareem Jackson. They are not exercising their option on free safety Kareem Jackson. He's a little bit up there in the eight years. Uh, but as part of that, they are signing Ronald Darby, formerly of the Washington football team and of the Buffalo Bills and of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he is going to come in on a three-year, $30 million contract, uh, $19 million of which is guaranteed. So they are they're in the long haul for this player. Uh, at least for the next two years, they'll they have him uh, for sure. And again, he he's been solid. He you know when he's healthy, he's good. Problem is when he's not healthy, he's not good. I I kind of feel weird with this player because I don't know if he necessarily fits what uh, Vic Fangio does. But uh, I would be intrigued to see because again we saw him kind of we saw him play well in Rivera's defense last year. And if he can fit well in Rivera's defense, I can think of ways that Vic Fangio can adapt him to his defense as well. Uh, and other than that, they they gave an original round tender to Philip Lindsay. That's nothing sexy at all. Uh, the Ravens did nothing technically in free agency as far as the the tampering period. They did sign a player who they were allowed to sign because he was released by another team. Yes, that is Kevin Zeitler. Three-year, $22 million contract. This is a steal of a contract. He's getting up into his 30s, so this is why you know his contract value is getting a little bit lower than it was a couple of years ago. But, man, this guy is a, a really solid guard. Not Marshall Yonda territory probably anymore, although he could probably get to a solid level. Like at least, He's going to be better than what was on the team last year on the interior, so without a doubt he's good there. Uh, he is a bit more of a downfield blocker, which is kind of what they like anyway. Uh, you know, I know that was kind of one of the reasons why the Browns were moving away from him. They were looking for more athletic blockers in their run scheme uh, when they traded him to the uh, the Giants. But still, I, I, I dig it. I think this is a smart move for the Ravens. Uh, I, 
So good on him. Very good pass blocker. Uh, even you know, for all the times that he's been. And again, this might have been his down year when he was on the Giants. Really, the Giants were getting rid of him because they they needed the salary cap space. I feel like that's a team that spent a whole bunch of money, and I have no clue where it went. It's kind of like uh, I think Dave Gettleman's embezzling from the Giants. I don't know where he's putting the fucking cap space because you don't get to keep the cap. Sp- like it's not like he's like hiding the cap space money, but it just feels that way. Um, but Kevin Zeitler was really good both for the Giants, the Browns, and for the the Bengals. Uh, as both all, uh, I almost thought he was going to go back to the Bengals. There was actually uh, apparently a deal on the table, uh, but there was more guaranteed money with the Ravens, so he went with the Ravens. Bengals missed out because that was a, that would have been a great get for them. Um, instead, they have to uh, they have not signed any guards. We will talk about Cincinnati in a little bit. Um, Buffalo, there's not really much to talk about with Buffalo. In fact, I, we did the AFC East episode. And most of that was already talked about. Uh, there are two things to note, right? We already talked about Williams, and, uh, Dora Williams, and Milano. They did re-sign John Feliciano, offensive guard. I thought he was going to be walking in free agency. Three-year, seventeen million dollar contract. So not like on the high end, lesser than Zeitler, but he's also not as great of a player as Zeitler. Zeitler's a much better player. But we're hearing kind of like what the guard market is. So sub ten million, you know, a solid guard is probably five to seven million dollars on the open market right now. Uh, there are still players out there, so if you're the Bengals fans, you don't have to worry. As far as after day one of tampering, there are still guards in the market, but they are getting snatched up relatively well. Um, so Feliciano's taken care of. They declined to attend a restricted free agent, Levi Wallace. That was shocking to me because this guy has been like a deaf player for them, but he's constantly gotten on the field. Like he has started multiple games in multiple years and like they keep on trying to replace him and he gets back out there and he plays relatively well. He played really well this year. He's played well in the past. Um, He's had up and down moments, but again, like what else are you going to do? Like he's, he's really more of a depth guy. who's like your solid third or fourth corner. Um, I thought that was worth the value, especially because like corner is a very particular position. But again, if you're, you know, the the tenders probably, I think the original round tenders somewhere in the, I think it might be two million this year. So an OG tender, maybe they didn't want to give him that. I understand, but somebody should pick him up, especially if you're looking for depth at corner. You're looking for a solid player. He's been really good uh, for the Bills. Maybe he even resigns to the Bills for something less than what the tender was. Uh, Carolina made two signings on the offensive line, neither of which are really all that great or sexy or amazing. Cameron Irving, formerly of the Cowboys and the Browns and of the the Chiefs. Uh, he played, I think he played tackle for the Cowboys and the Chiefs at certain points. He was actually a center for the Browns. Uh, Two-year, $10 million contract. I guess this is trying to help replace Russell Okung, who is leaving for agency as well, I believe. Uh, that sounds like a weird signing, but you could do what you want. Um, I, again, he's more of a depth guy, uh, for most teams, but you know, they're paying, I, I guess they're paying him depth money. I'm not quite sure how that's really going to work. Uh, they also signed Pat Alfline, offensive guard, uh, slash center. He was on the jets at one point this year. I didn't realize he was on the jets. I know he was on, I think he was on the Vikings originally, but I guess they released him and the jets picked him up and, and now he's a free agent getting signed to a three-year, $13.5 million deal. All right, good for you, Carolina. I think you got better work to do. Um, not really where I would have went with this. The the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, so we got to talk a little bit about who they're losing in free agency, right? I've talked a little about Willie J and Carl Lawson. They were close to keeping Carl Lawson, supposedly, and uh, apparently Carl Lawson went with the New York Jets. We'll talk about that in a little bit. 
But, yeah, the New York Jets signed Carl Lawson and Corey Davis, um, both to very good deals. I'll touch on their deals in a little bit. But out of the Carl Lawson deal, uh, it was uh, – so Cincinnati signs Trey Hendrickson to a four-year, $60 million contract, half of which is guaranteed. Um, the Carl Lawson deal with the Jets was three years, $45 million. So, yeah, they're not getting the extra year out of the, the player that they like out of the Trey Hendrickson deal, but Carl Lawson was a better player. I'll say this, health-wise, Trey Hendrickson's been healthier than Carl Lawson. Part of the reason why Carl Lawson fell in the draft a few years ago all the way to the fourth round was because of health. But I'll tell you this much, I still think, uh, listen, good player. Uh, I would have I tried keeping him. I would have extended him last year. That's the smart move. That's the smart move, Cincinnati. When you, If you don't want to pay big money to these players, extend them ahead of time. That's the smart move. Cincinnati, you got to learn. Let's move beyond Cincinnati since they clearly are not huge fans of doing the smart thing. But again, Trey Hendrickson's an interesting player. Uh, formerly of the Saints, was mostly a rotational role kind of guy. This year he had 13 and a half sacks, getting a little bit bigger of a role. But he was not like... I'll say this, he wasn't the driver of the defense. This is probably why you're not here. Like, there, like, yeah, there was probably a fight to get him a little bit. But, uh, again, $15 million a year is a lot for that kind of a player. Uh, both him and Carl Lawson for different reasons. Carl Lawson's been consistent as far as when he's on the field. I get worried when it comes to thinking if he's going to be there long-term or health-wise, how long is it going to hold up. Uh, the Browns, my team, Signed John Johnson, formerly of the Rams, to a three-year, $33 million deal, $33.75 million deal. This is amazing. I actually love this deal. Uh, this actually might, like, if I wasn't a Browns fan, this might have been my favorite deal of the day because safety is such an undervalued position. I feel like there's two positions that are severely undervalued. Safety and D-tackle, right? Especially the run-stuffing D-tackles because it allows your guys to play coverage a little bit more if your, your D tackles can really stop the run same safety, uh, good safeties are hard to find like good safeties. You can kind of find, but great safeties, the value of them. And if you, again, especially in a league that's playing a lot more nickel and a lot more dime safeties are gold. And John Johnson was a top end safety. He's uh PFF. I think had him rated th- uh, 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 over. I think they're, they're, I don't know their rating system, they were saying he was over, you know, he's, three out of the last four years he's been great. I think the one year he wasn't great was he was injured. Um, last year he was a top three safety. So, again, John Johnson, I love this signing. The Browns needed a safety. That was their weakness. Like, when people were asking me, like, what's the big problem with the Browns? It wasn't linebacker. Everybody mocked him a linebacker. Everybody said they're going to sign a linebacker. They don't give about linebacker. They want more edge. They want more corner. And they want more safety. And they needed more safety because Andrew Sandejo is old and slow and just could not like could not cover for everybody not doing like if he did wasn't doing his job, everybody like he the reason why Andrew Sandejo was playing a lot last year was because he was the guy who kind of knew the play calls and was kind of like helping get everybody set. You don't need to worry about that anymore. Now you have a good guy doing that in John Johnson. He was the leader of the defense with the Rams. He was the guy with the green dot on the helmet, not the linebacker. He was calling the plays. He was doing the jobs. I love John Johnson. I like this signing. It's also a really good deal for three years. Thirty-three and you know, uh, uh, three quarters million means eleven million average a year. That's eleven and twenty-five. Eleven and a quarter million a year is not bad for a safety. 
especially like when you're just talking about trying to sign somebody at the high end of the market, you're talking like 15 million. So if they really got this deal done, I'm excited because that's a great deal. After the the Browns, we'll talk a little about the Saints. I know I said I was going to go in order, but I have the Saints next on my list anyway, so it don't matter. Uh, they re-signed Jameis Winston to a one-year, $12 million contract. Has a base value of $5.5 million guaranteed. He can earn more through incentives. They re-signed offensive tackle James Hurst to a three-year, $9 million contract. A good depth guy. Um, there's one thing. New Orleans values its offensive line and offensive line depth. They released Nick Easton. Uh, this also, they released a lot of guys this offseason. Janoris Jenkins, Nick Easton. We'll talk about that in another episode as far as all the maneuvering the Saints had to do to get under the cap. They released Malcolm Brown this week. That was a big deal. They were shopping him around. Um, but, yeah, so the Saints re-signed Jameis Winston. Looks like he's going to be – it's going to be him and Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. They did a funky thing with Taysom Hill's contract as well. They gave him a $140 million extension. It was really all void years um, just to kind of spread out all of his uh, money. But to make it look funny on paper, they added $140 million of, of void years on it too um, because for fun, for kids and, and giggles. Uh, also, so we're going to be, uh, that was about all the Saints did today because they don't have any money to go out and sign free agents. The Lions re-signed Romeo Cora, three-year, $39 million contract. There was a lot of talk about them possibly in the market for John Johnson. The third, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Kenny Galladay is walking in free agency. Um, I, I, this was the shocker. I think, I thought they were going to let a Cora walk because I, I, I thought they were in full rebuild mode and they were going to just collect the comp picks. Uh, I think the trick here is they still get to collect comp picks if Ken Galladay walks anyway. If he gets a big contract, they get a third or fourth round pick. I think that was kind of what they were looking at. I think they just felt the value of Romeo Cora was so good. Romeo Cora, you know, started out there as a UDFA. His brother is a third round pick there. You know, Julian Aquara, I think maybe he wanted to be with his brother, $13 million a year. When you look at the other guys in the market and what they've gotten for the edge rushers, and we'll talk a bit about the edge rushing class, about how much each guy got. But $13 million a year is not a lot. And to be sticking with that team sounds like guys like that. Sounds like some of the people already there kind of like what's being built. Uh, Packers re-sign Aaron Jones to a four-year, $48 million contract. Most of that is probably the – like, it sounds like a lot. But to be honest, like, so there was a lot of talk about, well, what, couldn't they just tag him for $8 million? But really the only guaranteed money there is the signing bonus. So – it really comes down to, you know, they're going to keep them for the next couple of years and then they can cut them in a couple of years. And so I don't, I thought this is just kind of like, well, this is more of a temporary maneuver. The contract looks like it's 48 million. It's really not 48 million over four years. Uh, Chiefs had a big signing that came out of nowhere that everybody was a little bit shocked by. A big uh, free agent on the market, Joe Tooney, left guard, signed a five year, $80 million contract with the Chiefs. Um, they cut Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher this offseason, both of whom who had injuries that kept them out of the Super Bowl, kept them out of a lot of uh, kept Mitchell Schwartz out of a lot of games and kept Eric Fisher out of the Super Bowl. Eric Fisher uh, tours Achilles, I believe. He might not even be ready for camp. He might be, you know, he might not play next year. So he might be even a whole year delayed. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, there was a lot of talk of if he's going to come back and play football. So, you know, he had back issues and a couple of other issues. So his injuries, his injury luck's kind of been a little messy, if you will. Um, that was, So I think it's a smart move. Uh, just a quick touch on that. 
there's no way they were getting a tackle in this market necessarily, I don't think. So maybe what they're looking to do is say, listen, you know, we'll beef up the interior, right? We got a couple of guys on the roster. Maybe, you know, we have Clutchio Semele possibly coming back. We got uh, Dove uh, Tariff coming back. Uh, maybe they'll bring back Mike Remmers if I if he's a free agent. I don't know if he's a free agent even. Maybe they'll bring back Mike Remmers. Maybe they'll go ahead and get Riley Reef. They'll get some other tackles, but maybe they'll get some low-grade tackles, like average tackles, and beef up the interior. Do the th- same thing the Patriots and the Steelers have been doing. I think this was kind of the idea that got floated a couple years ago with the Browns when they had a strong interior of Zeitler, Treader, and Betonio. Um, Steelers used to do this with Pouncey and DeCastro and Foster. Uh, this was literally what the, the the Patriots have been doing for a long time with Dooney, with Shaq Mason, uh, Shaq Mason, with uh, Andrews. The guys who they these they have a very they invest heavily on the interior and the guys that tackle while good are not really the the star players there. So this has actually kind of a, become a, a theory, if you will. If you beef up the interior, you have a really good guard play. Maybe you can excuse, not excuse, but cover up a little bit of the 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 tackle play. Um, Raiders, right? They signed Yannick Ngakwe, formerly of the Ravens, two-year, twenty-six million dollar contract. This one blows my mind. I actually do sometimes question how the Raiders get some of these deals because I know a lot of people go like, oh, they spent all this money to go ahead and get these players, but a lot of these contracts are not super guaranteed. They're guaranteed for like one or two years. If they don't work, they cut them or trade them. Um, This is the one thing that, like, at least the contract structures with the Raiders, they seem to get a lot of guys that come in and then – like, like they, I, I don't think they've done well with utilizing the defensive players, right? LaMarcus Joyner really didn't pan out. They cut him. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Corey Littleton didn't look good this year. Nick Kukowski looked okay. Just It seems like every time they sign somebody, they just don't really pan out for them. Um, now they're switching to a new D coordinator. Gus Bradley's there. Gus Bradley, very familiar with Yannick Ngakwe from his time in uh in Jacksonville. So now Yannick Ngakwe goes to the Raiders, signs a two year twenty six million dollar contract. I can't believe like he his a his average on that contract is thirteen million dollars. That's the same as Aquara. That's less than Judon, which we'll talk about. That's less than Bud that's a lot less than Bud Dupree. That's less than Hendrickson. That's less than Coral Lawson. Like as these contracts came in, I thought they would go down, right? I, and instead, they they kind of fluctuated. They they came in relatively low. Like Judon was fourteen million, Aquaro was thirteen million, and those were like the first two that came in. And uh, Yannick came in. That was thirteen million a year, but it was a two year deal. Uh, Bud Dupree sixteen and a half million. We'll talk about him signing with the Titans. Uh, Carl Lawson signed. You know, like I said before, fifteen million with the Jets on average. Um, and Hendrickson signed $15 million a year with the Bengals. So we're talking about a lot of money that, that got tied up with these guys that I don't know if they're really $15 million a year guys. I mean, Ogba got paid $10 million a year. Now, Ogba wasn't really as good as some of these guys, but I, I don't know. Well, that this year, I think you would probably think he, he played really well this year. But again, like for the value that you were getting, I don't, I don't know if this was really the smart move for a lot of these teams. Depends on the team. We'll talk about it when we get touch some, uh, touch on some of these players. Uh, 
part of this offseason. They also had a couple of visits already. Ha-ha Clinton Dix came by. Kyle Long, coming out of retirement, came by, stopped in, did a little bit of a physical. A.J. Bouye stopped by, came in, then hung out with the Bengals for a little bit. They traded Trent Brown in a pick swap with the Patriots. They cut Gabe Jackson, Richie Incognito, Tyrell Williams, LaMarcus Joyner. So a lot of the free agents that they've signed over the years. I, I heard a little bit that they might get Richie Incognito back, but Gabe Jackson is gone. Uh, Brown is gone. Williams is gone. Joyner is gone. They reside David Irving. So outside of that, though, like the the Raiders are kind of like again reshuffling the deck, re- like getting all the, the 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 chairs reshuffled on the on the Titanic, seeing that if they hit the next iceberg, maybe they won't sink. Uh, I still like the Yannick Ngakwe signing. I think it's the best pass rusher they have on their team now. Uh, him and along with uh, it's not. Uh, I think it's Ocean, not Ocean, it's Jimenez. Um, but you have him, you have Cleveland Farrell, uh, you have Hurst. So I, I think that the D-line, at least this, this should add to the the, the pass rush, um, you would hope. David Irving, we'll see if he actually ends up fi- you know, getting to play finally. You know, I think he's been out of the league for a couple of years. He was hanging out on their practice squad towards the end of the year. Uh so Raiders, we'll see what happens. I actually kind of like. I do like the Yannick Ngakwe signing. I thought that's actually a good value. I kind of actually do tend to like their signings when they happen. It's that they don't use the guys correctly. Like Lamarcus Joyner, I think th- that would be the biggest indictment of that team is that they did not use Lamarcus Joyner correctly. They used him as a slot corner when his best years came at free safety for the LA Rams. We'll talk more about that. He's out there on the open market now. Uh, Houston. We're going to talk about Houston a little bit. They signed a bunch of dudes, right? Uh, I released the AFC South uh, conversation yesterday about it. Um, so they, I already mentioned Christian Kirksey, Vernon Hargraves. I think I forgot to mention Justin Britt, formerly of the Seahawks, to a one-year deal, $3.2 million. But today they, they, they've agreed with a bunch of players to sign. Shaq Lawson, formerly of the, the Dolphins, they traded him for Bernardrick McKinney. They acquired Marcus Cannon from the Patriots, the offensive tackle. They signed kick returner and punt returner, Andre Roberts. Uh, they signed linebacker Kamu Greer-Hill, formerly of the Patriots, to a one-year $3.2 million contract. They signed Malik Collins, formerly of the Raiders, to a one-year $6 million contract. They signed Justin McCray, guard, formerly of the Falcons, the Browns, the uh, the Packers, to a one uh, to a two-year, four million dollar contract. He's coming to follow James Campen, who he's very familiar with from both Green Bay and the Browns. Um, they signed Terrence Brooks, formerly of the Patriots, to a one-year, two million dollar contract. He's a safety. Uh, they signed Vincent Taylor, formerly of the Browns, D tackle, big Husky D tackle. He actually was, if you watched the playoff game between the Steelers and the Browns, he was the guy who got his hand in the air, knocked the ball up so Porter Gustin could intercept Ben Roethlisberger, I think for his third interception of that game, um, just to add a little bit of salt in the wound. Another linebacker got signed, Joe Thomas, formerly of the Cowboys, to a one-year, $2 million contract. And if you thought they were done signing linebackers, everybody, they signed Kevin Pierre-Lewis, formerly of the Washington football team, to a one-year contract, uh, to a two-year contract. I do not have the numbers yet on this. Uh, they also signed Chris Moore, formerly of the Ravens, to a one-year, $2 million contract. I have no idea what this team is doing. Uh, but it's a lot of interesting depth, guys, a lot of cheap deals, kind of ways to maybe fix up the roster and see who you have in camp and then see, you know, later on. This is like when you have no picks and you have little cap space, this is how you 
get your roster better, is you take flyers on guys, you make some trades. Now they have a right tackle from the Patriots and Marcus Cannon. They swap uh, players and picks to get Shaq Lawson for Bernardrick McKinney. Shaq Lawson's a little bit younger, uh, plays a D-end role. I think I, what it's sounding like is that they're looking to switch towards a 4-3 defense uh, between the signings of Malik Collins and Shaq Lawson. That's kind of what they would fit very well in, um, and Vincent Taylor. So it sounds like they're rebuilding a defense here with the linebackers, with Hargraves, with Kirksey. A lot of lot of linebackers in these signings, right? Kirksey was a one-year, $4.5 million deal. They re-signed Vernon Hargraves. So they sent a lot of players. We will see if it actually ends up working out for them. Uh, the Jaguars, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Jaguars. They were a team that was speculated to have, supposed to have a big free agency. It was going to open it up and just open up the gates and sign a bunch of guys. And that did not happen, folks. That that was, They signed a bunch of guys. They just didn't sign a bunch of stars. I don't even think they signed a bunch of players. I think they signed a bunch of like special teams players. Like, they, like very oddly so. Uh, and not like a knock on that. So they, the two players that they did sign that I don't, uh, two or three players actually were probably solid signings, right? Carlo, uh, let's talk, Roy Robertson Harris of the Bears signed him for a three million, twenty-four million dollar, a three-year, twenty-four million dollar contract. Not a bad signing. That I agree with. Solid move. You probably wanted to detackle, bulk up the interior of the defense. We heard, I, I talked about it on the AFC preview that that's something they should look at. I thought Dalvin Tomlinson, somebody much much more, a little bit more pass rush help. But, again, I think that's a fine one. Uh, they signed wide receiver kick returner Jamal Agnew, formerly of the Lions, to a three-year contract. Weird one to go for. He's a little, you know, again, more of a special teams guy, but he is familiar with uh, with Dayball. So um, maybe that's the plan is he kind of pulled him in, maybe help develop the guys into their offense. Uh, they signed Rudy Ford, formerly of the Eagles, to a two-year, four million dollar, four point two million dollar contract. He was primarily a gunner on special teams. So again, you're spending money on special teams here. They re-signed Juan Smoot to a two-year, fourteen million dollar contract. All right, defensive end, uh, kind of more of a rotational guy. I don't mind that one. Signed wide receiver Philip Dorsett, formerly of the Seahawks, speed guy, deep threat. But again, he's getting a little bit up there now. He's kind of becoming just a role player. Really hasn't developed into a true guy but you know if you have him and dj shark and you know you're trying to if you're trying to run an offense that has a lot of uh deep passing like what dayball tends did kind of run when he was in with the lions i could see this kind of working for them uh i just don't know if the talent is all on the roster that you would need to run an offense like this uh they signed rashawn jenkins safety free safety firmly of the charges to a four-year contract no money ideas on that and then the the coup de gras the great signing of the carlos danger hide right formerly of the seahawks two years six million dollar contract um i don't know what the point of signing a 31 million dollar d tackle is but uh i i i don't know uh Okay, <laughs> yeah, 31-year-old running back. Uh, you have James Robinson on the roster. You could have just stuck with him. Um, probably familiar with Daryl Bevel and Dayball again. But, or, yeah, um, and he's already been to Jacksonville, so he knows the area at least. Chargers, they re-signed Mike Davis to a three-year contract. They release, uh, that's cornerback, by the way, ha sneaky good. A little shocked that like he got re uh, there was some speculations of whether he would get re-signed or let go or uh, let walk in free agency. He was kind of like one of those under the radar guys. 
Uh, good thing they re-signed him because they also they released Casey Hayward. $9.75 million cleared on that contract. Uh, that seemed like an idea of, listen, they're going to go after, they're going to release him because he doesn't fit the scheme. That was kind of what was mentioned. He's also a little bit up there in the years now. But he's been really good for them. I could see a team signing him to be their their starting corner on a, a defense if they're looking to, to fill out a roster. Uh, Matt Filer was signed. Uh, he, he's got that versatility. Three-year, $21 million contract. Again, can play tackle, can play guard. I think that's a great signing by them. It's not really a super expensive deal. Three years, $21 million. And then they signed Corey Lindsley, formerly of the Green Bay Packers, to be their center. That's a really good deal. They, you know, they lose Mike Pouncey. They cut Trey Turner. Um, I still think they have to look at some more guard and tackle prospects. But I, I do like this move. At least now you are filling out a little bit of your, a uh, little bit of the, the the offensive line depth. I, you know, we'll see if it all works out. But at least that now you're putting resources towards the offensive line. I think Filer can be a solid tackle for them or guard. Um, they still have Bulaga. They, and then again, you have Lindsley now. Let's talk a little bit about the Titans. I already mentioned the Bud Dupree signing, signing a multi-year contract, sixteen and a half million dollars annually. Oh, I feel so weird with Bud Dupree. I've been very much anti my team signing Bud Dupree. Right? Um, I don't mind if your team does it, but I just don't want my team doing it. Uh, good thing the Titans are not my team because uh, Bud Dupree, I think benefited a lot from he listen it's not that he's not solid but he's not 16 and a half million dollars annually solid he is he was he benefited from being on a defense that had tj watt and cam hayward and stefan to and tyson and alualu and a defense that blitzed a lot and played solid coverage and had good safety help from Minka fitzpatrick so uh, I think this is a guy who maybe got a little overvalued. Uh, is coming off an ACL as well, which is kind of the other thing. Is usually you don't think a guy, I think of a team expending resources on guys who have some injury risk. The Titans apparently, you know, even after having a whole thing with uh, Isaiah Wilson and Vic Beasley, although Vic Beasley wasn't like really an injury risk, it was more of just didn't play well for them. I, I just did. I, I don't know if it was just an effort thing or whatever the deal is with Vic Beasley, but apparently they just were not super into what Vic Beasley brought. I do think Bud Dupree's the exact opposite of Vic Beasley. He's uh, he's definitely a hard worker. Uh, has constantly gotten better at his craft. He's not the best pass rusher, but he will be a solid run defender. Um, will. If he gets some one-on-ones, if you're going to be blitzing more, if you're going to play a lot more man coverage, I don't hate the signing. They did have problems with their pass rush last year. I thought I just thought Bud Dupree, especially coming off the ACL, I think that's a very risky signing. Again, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate the player. I just $16.5 is a lot of money annually. Now, we'll see what the real details of that deal are. Maybe it's a little bit less than that or a little bit more palatable than that they also signed Danico Autry formerly of the Colts to a three-year 21 million dollar 21 and a half million dollar contract he's been a solid role player for them uh stealing a player across from the division uh not an expensive deal either so now you're getting a guy in there who can play a good rotational role on your defense uh that I kind of like uh again this is kind of more the thing that I would be doing is kind of attacking the more fringe rushers in this this 
this edge rushing free agent class because there's a lot of interesting ones. There's still ones on the table right now, too. Uh, we'll touch a little bit on that. By the time we finish recording this episode, I will touch base on who's left, at least at, at some of these positions. Um, and a lot of the free, a lot of the, the, the wide receivers are, are still available, too. Uh, Kendall Lamb, formerly of the Browns, uh, signed to a two-year, $8.5 million contract. So four, four and a quarter a year for basically a guy who's been more of a uh, rotational tackle or swing tackle. Listen, uh, you know what it is? They probably remembered the touchdown he caught against them in the in the game against the Browns. He's been a solid player. I don't dislike the guy. I, I, I liked him when he was on the Browns. In fact, honestly, he might have been better than – like he was on the, the team last year. He might have been better than one of the starters, and they had him as a reserve player. Um, this year he was, he was a reserve player. They just happened to have a lot of depth, and – it was a good thing they had him around because, again, guys got injured a lot this year. He played really well for them in the playoffs, uh, and he had a spot start, I think, uh, a couple of – he had to play a couple times in season. I, I, well, Jedrick Wills went down with uh, – I think it was – they thought he had COVID, so he had to play then. He played pretty well. I think it was the Giants game and the, the Jets game. Uh, either, either one or I, – I think it was one of those games he played. I think it was the Jets game he played. He definitely played the Jets game. He might have even played the – I think maybe towards – I'm not quite sure if he played the Giants one, but I know he played the Jets one. And then he also played in the playoffs, I think, again, when Jedrick Wills went down with a knee injury. So uh, he's been very solid for the Browns, very good get for the Titans, uh, especially since you trade away Isaiah Wilson. You probably do want to get some depth into that t- uh, that tackle room, maybe see if you can swap him in for Dennis Kelly or if, you know Taylor Lewan takes a little bit of time coming back. I think that's a good move. I actually kind of like the deal. Because uh, remember, they trade away Isaiah Wilson over to the Miami Dolphins because the guy was a head case. Uh, Washington football team, they've made one move right now, right? Agreed to terms with one player, but it's a big one. One that if you watch Draft Vice Minutes, the one-minute videos that I sometimes point out, put out every once in a while, which you can find if you like, follow, and subscribe. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, formerly of the Dolphins, one-year, $10 million contract. I would not go through his whole resume because he's been on, I think, 16 different teams at this point. Yes, they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. This this is perfect. If you want to be a playoff team instantaneously for Washington football team, the, Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than anybody else who was on your team last year playing quarterback, right? You have Terry McLaren. You have assets. You still have money to, to spend, too. You also have Taylor Heineke, so you can kind of have him compete with Taylor Heineke or develop him. Taylor Heineke's on a, a, a cheap deal. Um, they also uh, tendered uh, Kyle Allen, the the other quarterback who they traded for from the Carolina Panthers. So he's on the team as a restricted free agent. So they got three quarterbacks on their team right now. I, I think they're in a really good situation quarterback-wise. Not great. They're not in a great situation. They don't have the, the guy of the future, at least as far as they know. But they're in a much more solid situation. This was always what I felt was the perfect move for the Washington football team. Uh, now they can draft somebody like Rashad Bateman or sign a Curtis Samuel or uh, Kenny Galladay and really go ahead and try to make a run at it with that solid defense that they have. I, I think that there's a very there's a lot of potential there. Uh, try to get some use out of uh, Antonio Gibson. The Vikings signed two players, Nick Vigil, one-year deal. Don't know what the, the, the money terms are on that. But Dalvin Tomlinson, D-Tackle. Uh, by the way, I keep saying sign. Technically, none of these guys are signed yet. They've all agreed to terms. i got to use the correct language. 
Um, but yes, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, formerly of the Giants, two-year, $22 million deal, it sounds like. That's a good get, and it sounds like they're going to get uh, Pierce back from opting out, so they'll have two big nose tackles in the middle of their defense. Uh, there was some video earlier of guys just running all over the Vikings. Uh, as a guy whose team is going to be playing them next year, I kind of am not super happy about it because my team does tend to run the ball pretty well. Um, so I'm not too happy that they got a couple of run stuffers, but hey, you know, it'll be what it is, hey? Either way, uh, still Dalvin Tomlinson, formerly of the Giants, two-year, $22 million contract. He's also a very, he's a nose tackle, but he's a very, you get some solid push as well. I think this is a good signing by them, or a good deal by them. The New York Jets, right? This is a guy, the team I already talked about. Carl Lawson, formerly of the Bengals, three-year, $45 million contract. Can even earn up almost, I think, up to $47.5 million. Uh, thirty million, which is guaranteed. Uh, this team, it, it, this is a very good get, right? Uh, he's probably, if you take out the health issues, the best pass rusher available in free agency. If you, you know, at least according to PFF and a couple of other websites, and honestly, I, I think he really was the best pass rusher available to some level and or extent. Um, I don't know how much better he is than Yannick Ngakwe, but I do think he was very good. And again, he's always kind of had the health concerns. But the Jets getting him is perfect because the Jets are kind of in a rebuild. So getting a guy like this is perfect for them because, again, you're trying to set the, the tone for your defense, right? You're getting a pass rusher. Yes, an injury-prone one at that. So it could be a D Ford situation like with the 49ers. They might be very familiar with that kind of a concept. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. Uh but I, th I think you combine his ability with Quinn and Williams, and, man, you already have a dangerous front right there. So this allows them to go a couple of different ways in the draft as well. It doesn't mean they are done signing free agents on the defensive line. They can go after guys like Kerry Hyder. Um, I had a couple of friends text me and ask me if they were going to go for Trey Hendrickson as well, and I thought that was kind of like, uh, given what Trey Hendrickson got paid, I mean, like, if you want to spend $30 million on two edge rushers who are kind of, like, really solid, or, you know, I think Lawson maybe has a little bit better push consistently. Um, I, I believe he has a higher pass rush win rate, but, again, injury concern. I, I, that $15 million a year for some teams would worry me. For the Jets, it makes a lot of sense. They also signed Corey Davis, formerly of the Titans, to a three-year, $37 million and a half million dollar deal. This is a really good deal on their end too. You know, you're talking about 12 million or so a year, um, between 12 and 13 million dollars a year. That's a really solid deal. I think you know you're getting another wide receiver, a guy who could play split end. You can kind of maneuver him around the formation. Uh, he's a little bit familiar with the scheme, being that Arthur Smith scheme is very familiar to the Shanahan scheme, so he has a little bit of an idea of what he his responsibilities are. Um, big, strong, developed a little bit more over time each year. Uh, I, I'm very intrigued by this. I think this is a very good signing on there, and they have Denzel Mims. They have uh, Corey Davis. I think they need a little bit of a speed guy there. They still have Crowder. We'll see if they keep Crowder. As of right now, they still have Crowder. I think that's a fine move on their end. Uh, the New York Giants did one thing. They signed Devontae Booker, formerly of the Raiders. I'm, I'm, just, I'm depressed for all Giants fans right there. Um, we'll move on. The Patriots... Patriots were, the for a while, the team of the day. Not because they did a lot of good things. They just did a lot of things. They were just like, we're doing things. We don't know if it's right or not, but we're doing it. So they signed, uh, we'll go backwards to forwards. They re-signed uh, Justin Bethel to a three-year, $6 million deal. That's their safety, defensive back. 
Um, they signed tight end Jonu Smith, formerly of the Titans, to a four-year, $50 million contract. That's right, $12.5 million a year for a tight end. Jonu Smith, I actually kind of think that's not a bad move. Uh, tight ends, I think, are an undervalued position. Yes, sometimes the free agent tight ends have not worked out so far in the past, but that doesn't mean in the future that prevents them from being good, too. It is a position that usually gets relatively low uh, free agent money spent on them. So when they do come in, it, it's still a value compared to what you would be spending that money on on a wide receiver because you're getting like closer to a top-end guy. Um, they signed Devon Goshaw, formerly of the Fal uh, Dolphins, to a two-year contract. Uh, I think it was like two years, eight million. So that, not, not even ex or two years, sixteen million. It was, it was a relatively cheap contract for nose tackle. Um, they signed Matt Judon, formerly of the Ravens, to a four-year, $56 million contract. That's an interesting one, right? So if you heard me before, you heard me kind of be a little bit more squeamish about Matt Judon, coming from a, a system that, where they schemed up a lot of pressure with blitzes, was on a very heavy man coverage team, played better a year ago when the coverage unit was better, did not get as much pressure or production this year at outside linebacker. Um, I think this is the one landing spot that's actually kind of perfect for him, right? $14 million a year. Um, they will utilize his ability to drop into coverage. They will utilize his ability to blitz and use him on stunts and try to scheme up pressure. And they do play a lot of man coverage and mess around with the coverages and have a very good coverage unit. So this actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, they signed Jalen Mills, formerly the Eagles, to a four-year, $24 million contract. That's another one where it's like I don't think anybody saw this one coming. Um I don't know. I, I don't know how many the guarantees are, but again, this is a guy who uh, just switched over to safety, played a little bit better at safety than he ever did at corner. Um, so I kind of think this is a maneuver that was kind of like, hey, you know what? We'll take a shot on this guy. We'll take a shot on that guy. Maybe bolster up the defense. Uh, I, I I don't mind it. I think it's a, a solid move, getting a versatile piece. Uh, Dietrich Wise, they signed to a four-year, thirty million dollar extension. He has actually been a very good role player and rotational guy for them. Uh, very good pass rusher, not necessarily a good run stuffer. But again, if you need a guy to get pressure on a certain down, you call in Dietrich Wise for them. He's been very good for them at doing that. Now you're adding in Matt Judon. Now you're adding in Devon Goldshot because that was a big problem for them was stopping the run. Well, now you got a nose tackle in Devon Goldshot. 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 I don't know. Here comes the parts where I have a little bit of issues. Um, the, the wide receivers they signed. Nelson Aguilar, formerly of the Raiders, they signed to a two-year, $26 million contract, and they signed Kendrick Bourne, formerly of the 49ers, to a three-year, $22.5 million contract. I don't care. I, I don't think these are bad signings. I don't think that the Aguilar signing is not that bad. The, the, the Bourne signing, I'm not really overly eager about. I know some people like Bourne. Um, I don't know if this is what their team needed, but again, like, this is Bill Belichick. Who am I to tell him what his team needed? Uh, I still... I would have went for a guy who can maybe get a little bit – I don't know. Uh, he's been fine for the, the 49ers. They wanted him back. He's been very good for them. But, again, uh, not a guy who I would have been personally, you know, harping for. I, I would have been looking for maybe a little bit more, especially if you're getting somebody with Nelson Aguilar. I, I, listen, I think it's fine. He, he's a solid player. He's a role player. I, th I think it's – you know, you're not even investing a lot of money into him. Just thought it was a weird way to spend your – 22 million dollars uh and then last but not least henry anderson formerly of the jets they signed him to a two-year contract i kind of like that move too he's had moments where he's looked good um the whole reason why the jets extended him a while ago was after trading for him and 
and seeing that, oh, we got a few sacks out of him, maybe we can get more production, and then, you know, the last couple of years he just has not been got, getting the production, but mainly because you had Greg Williams running your defense. So, those that those were the big teams. A couple, I'll talk about the last four teams, but they, they didn't really do much. Philadelphia just restru- you know, gave a one-year contract extension to Brandon Graham, kind of restructures the deal a little bit. Pittsburgh signed Cam Sutton and Robert Spillane. They re-signed their own guys. Cam Sutton was on a two-year, $9 million contract. Um, so they're keeping a couple of their de- they're keeping the defensive backfield together a little bit at least. They re- uh, 49ers restructured Edge D Ford's contract to a two-year, twenty-four million dollar contract. Took a little bit of a pay cut. He's not been healthy for them. Um, so they kind of needed to, you know, like listen, like we need to fix this issue. Like you haven't really played. Let's get you know we'll keep you around, but we gotta lower your cap it a little bit. They signed Samson. Obukam, formerly of the Rams, to a two-year, $12 million contract. I didn't even – this is one of those guys where you go, well, I didn't know who that was. Um, I think the two biggest signings they actually did were Emmanuel Mosley, who I talked – I think I talked a little bit about the other day, and they re-signed Jason Verrett to a one-year, $5.5 million contract. So they get two starting corners back. That's big, I think. Um, it's good to have those guys back. You can draft some guys to fill out the back end of the roster. Maybe they even get one of the other ones back. Maybe they re- re-sign a killer Witherspoon as well. But again, like they're they're rebuilding. You know, they get to keep at least two of their starting corners. Um, they re-sign Kyle Juszczyk to a five-year, twenty-seven million dollar deal because Kyle Juszczyk is a good fullback. And listen, when you're Kyle Shanahan, nothing's better than a good fullback. If I do say so myself, I have no idea. I, I don't know why you'd pay, uh, you know, an average of $5 million a year for a fullback, but if he's that good, they like him that much, they think he's that much of a versatile weapon, that's a good deal for him um, because it's Kyle Shanahan. Uh, they did not tender Nick Mullins. Uh, C.J. Beathard's a free agent, so they're going to have some space as far as the quarterback room goes. It sounds like the only quarterbacks on the roster are Josh Rosen and uh, Jimmy G. So I think that's actually kind of telling. Um Maybe they go for somebody in free agency still. Maybe they look to draft somebody. Maybe they look to trade for a certain quarterback who went to USC. So, uh, uh, Nick Mullins, Jason Verrett. Oh, and they restructured Weston Richburg's contract because he might retire anyway. So, last team I'm going to talk about, they really didn't do anything outside of their team. They just re-signed a bunch of guys, but I haven't really talked about them that much, so I thought I'd talk about them a little bit. Tampa Bay re-signed Rob Gronkowski today. One-year, $10 million contract. They re-signed Shaq Barrett. Four-year, $72 million contract. Yes, the Super Bowl champions are trying to keep the team together. Right, roll it back one more year. Re-signed Kevin Minter to a one-year deal. Signed Tom Brady to a one-year extension. A bunch of avoid years. So they can create some cap space. An extension saves the Buccaneers $19 million against the cap this year. And locks in Brady for the next two seasons. They tagged Chris Godwin. They re-signed Levante David to a two-year, $25 million contract. And thus, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are trying to keep the squad together. So, end of the day, what do we learn from this uh, fantastic day of tampering agency uh not a lot of corners left the team not a lot of corner like not, uh, there's a bunch of corners left there's not not a lot of corners got signed um you know willie J still out there shaq griffin uh chidobia uh troy hill there's a long list of corners out there a lot of teams spent a lot of money spent them almost entirely on edge rusher and offensive line and defensive line and one, one team spent money on safety, which I kind of liked. Um, 
And then a lot of teams try to cap, keep some of their own guys, which I totally get. But edge rusher was a lot of the money that was spent on this. And it sounds like, you know, there might be a team or two that benefits because if you spent all your money trying to go after the edge rushers, th- there might be a, a market for these corners that are just getting left out there, right? Um, like I said, I already listed off four or five names, and there's a long list of guys that are going to be out there all at different skill levels, the the slot corners that are still out there. And, yeah, there's still teams with money. Uh, I think well, one one did one corner switch teams, Ronald Darby switch teams at this point. Yeah, I, I, as far as I can remember from looking over my notes, one cornerback switch teams. That's pretty impressive. Uh, we'll probably see more tomorrow uh, as far as other team signing guys goes. Uh, edge rusher went big, but there's still more edge rushers. Like I said before, Melvin Ingram's still out there. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, who got released by the Seattle Seahawks. We didn't even touch on the Seattle Seahawks because they didn't do anything. There's a lot of teams that didn't do anything the first day of free agency. The Colts didn't do anything. The free They never do anything the first day of free agency. Uh, and listen, there's something to be learned from that. The good teams don't always do something the first day of free agency because they don't need to or they shouldn't have to. Um, and then also, usually the first day of free agency is when you get kind of caught into the, 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 the quicksilver or the fool's gold. Um, I'm just checking to make sure there's anything else that happened in the last hour other than there's just rumors that Andy Dalton might go ahead and sign with the Bears we haven't heard anything about that um yeah other than that not much else to talk about for free agency as of right now tons of guys left the receivers the depth of the receivers that are left Curtis Samuel Kenny Galladay uh, even guys who are lower down on the, it actually feels like the guys who, it was like the mid the the guys who were kind of like the mid tier guys, got signed first, right? Juju Smith-Schuster still out there, um, John Ross is still out there. I don't know how many teams are really eager about John Ross. Uh, Adam Humphreys who just got released, he's still out there. So there's a lot of guys who are out there. I I I'm very intrigued by how this. Uh, this free agency is going and part of it i think has to do with the 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 depth in the draft at certain positions right i think wide receiver this draft there's definitely considered a lot of depth in this draft at that position um offensive line i think some teams do understand that it's a deep offensive line class that's why you saw a lot of teams cut guys you see some teams re-signing guys um, the Jags, you know, restructured Norwell's contract. They renegotiated, got him to take a little bit of a, a cap, you know, decrease, if you will. And part of that is, is that, listen, they, they know they can do it. They say, listen, do you want to be out on the street or you want to be a part of the same team, same system, be in Florida, do this shit? I, uh, yeah, like, I know some teams are like, you know, like, I, I, the markets are very interesting, right? It's, you know, Hassan Reddick's still out there. Edge rushing market was the biggest market that I think went through, right? That that was a very big deal. And then like, we saw a lot of offensive linemen kind of go. Thune, um, Zeitler, guys. And actually, a lot of the bigger name offensive linemen went to better teams, to be honest. So uh, if you want, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like a delicious drink you drink in the summer. And uh, like, follow, subscribe. 
Uh, I will also be touching on day two of tampering, day three where free agency actually opens, when all these things officially get announced. Because remember, technically, none of it's official as of right now. I know, it's so good. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to pee. 